Well, church family, it's now my delight to bring to you the Word of God for today. As each pastor is getting a chance to preach about their specific ministry area, I have the joy of being able to speak to you about equipping and our adult Christian education program. And I know for some of us adults, you don't just end up in a classroom without a good reason. So what gives us drive for continual growth after we exit high school, Sunday school? What can encourage us to keep learning and pursue spiritual growth as we get older and the choices ours to make now? And as I was thinking about that for our church as we're starting up these new classes, I believe the answer to that is the lifelong pursuit of wisdom. Lifelong pursuit of wisdom. We must pursue wisdom, but we do have a choice. You see, in life we're faced often with two ways to go. Two ways to go, Anakin. Light side, the dark side. Two ways to go, said Yoda. Do or do not. There is no try. And in our galaxy, even more choices. I take physics or anatomy. I go Biola or APU. This job or that. This suitor or that suitor. Retire now, retire later. Love or hate. Forgiveness or bitterness. Choices are before us all the time. But we have an even bigger decision to make, a decision that's prior to those decisions, a decision that will set the course of our life far more than any of these smaller decisions. It's the decision between wisdom and folly. Wisdom, foolishness, the way of the wise and the way of fools. Though God has left us wisdom to make right choices and to lead life as he created it, many will not heed the voice of wisdom. They choose to ignore it. Those people the Bible calls fools. Someone who does not fear the Lord, but chooses to follow in his own way. The way of the fool avoids wisdom and sets itself up against the wisdom of God. And so what will it be? For us, the way of the wise or the way of fools. So today we're going to be looking at three excuses that fools make in the face of wisdom. There are three excuses we want to avoid as we face the decision to be wise. So let's examine these excuses and bring the wisdom of God to bear upon them, that we may be wise and seek wisdom for all our days. So I invite you to open your Bibles to Proverbs 8. It's right in the middle of the Old Testament, right after the Psalms. And when you found it, you can look up again, as we won't be reading from it quite yet. But Proverbs 8 is where we'll be today. Okay. All right, three excuses of a fool. What does the fool say about wisdom? Excuse number one, wisdom is beyond me. Wisdom is beyond me. The first excuse the fool may make is that wisdom is beyond him. Wisdom isn't within his grasp. Wisdom's not attainable. Perhaps it's hidden in God or something that's obscured. 
Perhaps it's for very few special people, but you can attain it, and generally speaking, you might as well not even look for it. This approach to wisdom makes the fool untouchable. If wisdom's beyond me, I can't be blamed for my foolishness. We ourselves may stumble into this if we think we cannot understand or we cannot minister the word of God to each other. Have you ever been asked to share something that the Lord's been teaching you from his word and you automatically decline the opportunity to share or to teach? Wisdom's beyond me, we may tell ourselves. Perhaps that's what you tell yourself. Or perhaps that's what the enemy tells you. But is wisdom really beyond you? How does Proverbs 8 answer this excuse? Let's turn there now. Proverbs 8, verse 1. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in the front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud, to you, O man, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. So is wisdom beyond us? No. It's not hidden or obscure, but it actually calls out. She yells to those passing by. The picture is wisdom at the crossroads where everyone's going through. Everyone's there. Everyone can hear it. Wisdom is not meditating up on a mountain somewhere. Only a few can climb up and, and seek this wisdom. Or she's not out in the desert. We have to make a long pilgrimage, and few can find it. No. She lifts her voice to all men, and all those who would care to listen can hear it. There's no excuse that wisdom is hidden or unattainable. Wisdom is able to be found because God has made it so. The question is not whether you will be able to find wisdom, but whether you will listen. Wisdom's here for us when life's challenges lay us low. We feel lost or at our wit's end. How do I deal with a friend who's hurt me? How do I help my kids be kind when I can't seem to be kind myself? How do I persevere in a hard work environment how do I live my last days on earth well? Wisdom calls to you today to come. She says, I am here. I'm not beyond your grasp. In your school relationships, wisdom says come. In your family struggles and questions, wisdom says come. In your midlife journey, wisdom says come. And at the end of life, in the sufferings that come, wisdom still beckons you to come. James 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, 
who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So take hold of wisdom, for God has placed it within your grasp. As you see the book of Proverbs there before you, know that God wants to give you the wisdom that you need. So the first excuse is that wisdom is beyond me. But the fool's excuses aren't done. I hear what you're saying, and yeah, it's interesting. But excuse number two, wisdom's not worth it. Wisdom's not really worth it. Sometimes the pursuit of this just doesn't seem worth it. Even if it's there, it's attainable, sure, it's not really worth getting, maybe all that amazing. The fool casts a casual glance at wisdom and shrugs his shoulders. Our hearts can get drawn to other things instead. Many things peddle their wares to us in everyday life, promising to fulfill our desires, saying, I'm worth it. Online shopping and the delight of possessions, larger portfolios and the comfort of security, the popular crowd at school and the joy of belonging, Instagram stories and the intimacy of felt relationship, just one more game of League of Legends and the excitement of battle without the risk. They all call to us, I'm worth it. Find happiness in me, security, intimacy, excitement, beauty, escape. I'm worth it. But how about wisdom? Is wisdom really worth pursuing? Or is it just one thing among many that's worth pursuing? All other pursuits are just as valid to go after. How does Proverbs 8 answer this question? Let's turn to verse 10 now. It says, take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance on the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule and nobles, all who govern justly. I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring wealth and righteousness, my fruit is better than gold, even fine gold. And my yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness and the paths of justice, granting inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. There is nothing that compares with wisdom. There is a strength, a beauty, a nobility to wisdom. Riches and wealth and all you desire cannot compare. A full retirement and pension plan cannot compare with wisdom. A down payment on a dream house cannot compare with wisdom. The ability to go out and eat with my friends whenever I want does not compare to wisdom. And kids having all the Lego sets in the world cannot compare with wisdom. All the riches of the world pale in comparison. So let me invite you, friends, to the garden of God's wisdom. 
Here you will find a feast for your soul, delight to your heart and satisfaction in his ways. I remember my dad talking to me about Proverbs when I was young and told me Proverbs has 31 chapters, so just read the one corresponding to the day of the month. So today it'd be Proverbs 15. Just say, turn to Proverbs 15 and read. Read to fill your soul with the wisdom of God. He recommended read one verse and then stop. And just think about how that applies to your life. Whenever you're done, read the next one and stop. You don't have to read the whole chapter, but find the wisdom that is there for you in Proverbs. And brothers and sisters, we have one Heavenly Father. Listen to his voice calling to you, sitting you on his knee, teaching you gently of his world. Your Father wants you to have wisdom. He knows its beauty and how it will be a delight to your eyes and be a safeguard for your soul. Set your heart's desire to seek wisdom. No matter how much the things of the world compel us, the wisdom of God is worth far more. Nothing you desire can compare with her. But the fool mounts one more excuse at this point. So the first excuse, wisdom is beyond me. The second was that wisdom's not worth it. But in the end, says the fool's third excuse, yeah, I hear what you're saying, and it's interesting and all, but I just don't need it. I'm already wise. I'm already wise, so I don't need wisdom. I have things figured out. I'm wise enough already. I'm good. You know what that is? That's the fool crossing his little toddler arms, turning his back and saying, Daddy, I don't need you. You don't need wisdom. How does the father of all creation answer this sort of thing? Let's take a side tangent into Job. Job is another book often grouped with the Bible's wisdom literature. And in Job, the narrative describes a man who is righteous, who followed God's commands, and yet Satan was allowed to destroy all that he had. Even his children were killed, and all his health and his wealth was taken away. Through the book, Job explores with his friends what God's reasons and purpose was for this catastrophe. Had Job actually sinned? Why did everything get taken away? Surely I was righteous, but why the suffering then? Something is wrong here. I demand an answer. So Job maintains that he had not sinned and calls God to answer. The wisdom of Job, the wisdom of his friends, and the wisdom of God was about to come to a head. After a riveting 30-plus chapters of this, God finally answers Job out of the whirlwind. How does the father of all creation answer his child? He doesn't answer the questions. He instead shows Job, this is who you are, and this is who I am. So as you hear this, think Genesis 1, the creation of the world. This is from Job 38. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you, 
and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb? When I made its clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, thus far shall you come and no farther and here shall your proud waves be stayed. Verse 16, have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare if you know all this. Two chapters later in verse 40, and the Lord said to Job, chapter 40, verse 1, the Lord said to Job, shall a fault finder contend with the Almighty? He who argues with God, let him answer it. How does God respond to Job? Does not answer why the suffering came upon him. He does not answer the questions about Job's sin or not. Here we see God appeal to his incomprehensible work in creating all things as a response to Job. Will Job set himself up against God? Is he wiser than God? Does he have knowledge and understanding compared to the Almighty? The clear answer is no. God is from before time and set up the foundations of the world in his wisdom. This is his answer to Job. He is all wise, and no one compares to his wisdom. We are the created ones and not the creator. So, back to our third fool's excuse. The fool stands before wisdom I'm already wise. I know what's right and how to do life. I know what's good for me. Wisdom, I don't need you. So how might wisdom answer this fool's excuse? Proverbs 8, again, verse 22 now. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago, I, wisdom, was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delighting in the children of man. So wisdom was there from the very beginning. Wisdom was there as a craftsman alongside God in the creative work. It is wisdom who was there before every single aspect of God's creation. 
Who are you to stand and say, I don't need you? In response, wisdom unveils her full glory, her ancient background, her full majesty, and asks, were you there from the beginning of creation? Answer me if you know. Were you there when God set up the foundations of the earth? How did God hold back the sea? Surely you know. Will you question wisdom? Will you say, I have enough of you? Or will you see that wisdom's riches and knowledge and majesty are far beyond everything that you have and imagine? Old and young alike may feel as though they don't need wisdom, that they're self-sufficient, that they're wise in their own eyes. So how about you? Do you think you don't need wisdom? Perhaps you're the top of your class. Perhaps you're pursuing a doctorate. Perhaps you've been very successful in your work, your business life. Perhaps you've lived many years and have much life experience. These are all wonderful gifts of God. But hold up your wisdom against the very wisdom that created all that you see. The one who created all the molecules you're researching. The one who held every moment, every job advancement, every facet of your life and all of history in his hand. Hold up your wisdom against the wisdom that holds the whole world together. And ask yourself, is there any response to be had? If we ever reach the point where we feel we are wise enough, at that moment we have proven ourselves to be fools. Derek Kidner, in his commentary on Proverbs says, wisdom is not for the man wise in his own eyes. He thinks he has arrived, and indeed he has, for he will never get a step further. The wise man is teachable to the end, open to God's commands and chastening, for he values truth enough to pay the price of having it. The wise know that their wisdom is but a glimpse of the true wisdom of God, and persist in the fear of the Lord that leads to true wisdom. True wisdom is found in humility. True wisdom is found in the fear of God. True wisdom is found in the hatred of evil. And God calls us to all of these things continually through our lives. The church family never stop seeking wisdom. Never arrive. Always have your hearts open in the fear of the Lord to be made more like him in his wisdom. Because you see, wisdom's not just an idea. Wisdom is not some force. Wisdom is a person. The revelation of Jesus Christ in the scriptures shows that the wisdom of God is Jesus Christ himself. Paul speaks of Christ as the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1, 22 through 25 for Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom, worldly wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God stronger than men. So Christ, the wisdom of God. 
as we draw near and seek God's wisdom, we seek Christ himself. Christ himself possesses and is the wisdom of God incarnate, and in his life we see true wisdom embodied. Do you all know the the children's song? The wise men built his house upon the rock. Tempted to have us rise and sing it corporately, but maybe next time. Uh, Our kids love that song. But some months ago during family worship time, uh, we were teaching our kids from the book of Proverbs, and as we studied Proverbs and sang that song, I started to see a connection. In the passage that the song's taken from, Matthew 7, Jesus links the response to his words with the decision between wisdom and folly. Hear the words of Jesus. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So hear Christ's words and do them. You've chosen the path of wisdom. But hear Christ's words and do not do them, you've chosen the path of fools. Listen and obey Jesus, that is wisdom. Hear and disobey Christ, that is true folly. Christ himself is that crossroad where wisdom calls. Christ's words to us are an invitation to partake in the wisdom of God. He who was from the beginning, who was there at the setting of the foundations of the earth, who worked alongside the Father in the creation of all, Christ, the wisdom of God, calls to us today to himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Those who hear the words of Christ and do them have chosen the path of wisdom. And those who hear his words and do not do them have chosen folly and have proven themselves to be fools. So in this call to wisdom, hear the call to Christ as one and the same. In Proverbs itself, the wisdom of God is centered on and grounded on the fear of Yahweh. They are devotionally centered upon the praise of God, on holy living before the one who made you, and on rightly walking before the Lord. God is the center of all wisdom. So the call to us, again, is to come. Come to the living God who formed the heavens and the earth. Come to Jesus, the wisdom of God. Come to the Spirit who gives spiritual wisdom and understanding. Find wisdom in the person of Jesus, and in him find the pathways of life. As wisdom is not beyond you, so the Father is not beyond you. For the pathway is open to life through the cross of Jesus. As wisdom is of supreme worth, so let Jesus be your supreme treasure of infinite worth, forsaking all worldly things to gain all things in him. 
And as we all come needing wisdom for all of our days, so we need the abiding presence of the Spirit of God, guiding, correcting, cleansing, revealing, and leading us until we are with the one who is perfect wisdom forever and ever. But until that glorious day comes, let us return to wisdom's living room where she sits her children down and gives them her final words from Proverbs 8. Let's turn to Proverbs 8, 32. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself, and all who hate me love death. As we are still on our heavenly journey, wisdom's final call for us is to listen and to not neglect her ways. For blessing will come for those who pursue wisdom and who remain at her gates day by day. Those who find her will find life, but those who do not do violence to themselves and love death. The closing section of Proverbs 8 has before us the two ways again. Choose wisdom and find life and blessing, or forsake wisdom only to find injury and death. An offer of blessing is paired with a warning. There are grave consequences for choosing to walk away from the path of life. These are the two options. It's open to you all. It can be found by all. The worth of each way is laid out before you, but you must choose which way you will go. So church family, come and seek wisdom. Go and find it in the word of God. Go to Proverbs, worth more than gold. Seek out wisdom in Ecclesiastes and Job. Find the wisdom of God there for you, calling you to come. Find the wisdom of God in the life and words of Jesus Christ, our Lord. I invite you, come to the ace classes and learn. Learn from the word of God. Learn from skilled teachers who love to be guides into God's wisdom. Also learn from those in your life who have walked many years in the fear of the Lord. Learn from each other in the body of Christ as you seek the word and the wisdom of God together. And may the wisdom of God in Christ guide you for all of our days. Beloved, now hear our Father's loving instructions to us as we close from Proverbs 4, 10-13, that we may hold on to wisdom and not let go. Hear my child and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you would help us. 
Help us to choose wisdom. And if it costs us everything, let us get understanding. Help us to see every evil path and guide our steps instead in righteousness. For each person here in every stage of life, may we seek wisdom and not folly, that for all of our lives, we would humbly sit at your feet and learn from you. For your ways are always good, and your ways are always wise. And in response to all this, our hearts say, to the only wise God, be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.